Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Cubs Related Podcast presented by CubsInsider.com. My name is Corey. I am joined as always by Brendan. And we are coming to you on Thursday, July 29th. The Cubs just finished up a series with the Reds. So we would be talking to you tonight anyway. However, tonight would have been an occasion for an emergency podcast. And unfortunately, that emergency is, uh, Brendan, not really a sentence that I ever envisioned myself uttering. Uh, but since Jed Hoyer and the Chicago Cubs have ripped off the Band-Aid, I suppose I will do the same thing. Uh, The majority of this podcast is going to be spent discussing the Chicago Cubs trading Anthony Rizzo to the New York Yankees. I wish (laughs) that that... I wish I was kidding. Um, Uh, And even... As much as Brendan and I prepare to do these things, and you know the which we didn't, the, the writing has been on the wall for some of this stuff. Uh, as those words just came out of my mouth, Brendan, um, it is equally as unbelievable as when I first read it. Um, Anthony Vincent Rizzo is no longer a Chicago Cub, and I, Jed Hoyer I, traded him. <laughs> traded him. I. I don't, I don't know, Corey. I've just been like sitting here paralyzed for the past uh, what is it now seven hours since since we since since we found out. Um, yeah, I mean a lot of a lot of emotions. Um, I I guess where I'm at right now is I just can't believe we we got to this yeah. point this this fast. Uh, I mean, there's my my mind is 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 fogged, but to let this franchise get to a point where we're having discussions that hey the return for Rizzo is actually right. good it's not it's not that's not it's not where we should be right so there there's a way to differentiate sadness and anger and i think we all feel the same and it's not it, the anger is not like oh they didn't try hard enough blah 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 they're not doing their best no it's you made, when I say you, this organization made decisions that cost them Rizzo, where it put them in a position where trading one of the most beloved figures in team history and the icon of your franchise that draws thousands of fans a game solely to, to see him play, traded them for a teenager and a... 24-year-old who is in high A-ball. And granted, those those are two very talented prospects. It's not to belittle their talent whatsoever, but we're talking about the man who caught the last off for the World Series, the captain of your team, the guy who's been the most consistent offensive force in your lineup for the best, better half of the last decade, uh, traded him away. And the market for him, we'll see what it ends up being, but he's gone. And uh, it's, to, to me... 
it's unacceptable to to get to this point. That's that's where McElroy. Yeah. So I think that, like you alluded to, there's there's a lot of nuance in this. There's you know a discussion to be had about how we got here. Um, there's certainly a discussion to be had about you know the effort and spending and decisions over the last, you know, few years since, you know, probably about like 2018 or 2017, whatever, uh, in terms of supplementing the talent that this core has provided, you know, obviously that is a point of contention um, for most people that have followed this team that, you know, despite the payroll being high, there, there was still not enough continued investment uh, on top of the the stars that you already had to sort of ensure that this was a multiple championship situation, you know, especially looking at 2019, uh, 2020, and 2021, you know, more than anything for sure. There's a discussion to be had about how we got here with Anthony in particular, and, you know, probably a conversation that we'll be revisiting uh, when we speak to you guys tomorrow, which we certainly will, because uh, there's going to be more trades that we're, you know, not aware of yet, um, and we'll, we'll we'll talk to you guys about those. But there's a discussion to be had about how we got here with Anthony in terms of none of these guys having been extended uh, up until, you know, this season and the, the sort of weird situation that we found ourselves in. Um, and there's, of course, a discussion to be had about the sort of in a vacuum baseball decisions that Jed Hoyer is making, mm-hmm. not just with Anthony Rizzo today, but you know, probably with Chris Bryant on Friday, with Craig Kimbrell, maybe Javi Baez. Who knows? We'll we'll see what thir- I guess the rest of tonight brings. We're recording this at about um, 10:50 in Chicago, just for your frame of reference. You got 14 more hours, yeah. man. 14 more hours. Hopefully I sleep through <laughs> that period. Um, but uh, no what I, so there's a, there, there's a legitimate discussion to be had on all of that. And, and there's nuance to all of that. It's, it's, you know, one of those things that, uh, immediately I think feels sort of like one direction, one emotion, things like that. But it's, you know, it's, it's all sort of a fluid process and like I always say about some of this stuff, you know, ultimately, I think, uh, at least from Jed's perspective, you know, you kind of have to see where this all shakes out um, as we head through this deadline and, you know, ultimately what they do in this offseason to sort of um, figure out how you're putting all these pieces together, right? But yeah. that's, we'll get to some of that tonight, later in this episode. We'll, we'll talk about the Cubs also have traded Andrew Chafin. Uh, and Ryan Teperos, so some of the, the the bullpen starting to go. We'll talk about a little bit of that, but what we're going to do first, mm. right, is we are going to celebrate and thank Anthony Rizzo. Uh, there, there's no other way to begin this this episode and and spend this time uh, other than to discuss the significance of uh, this man to this organization, to the fans, to the city of Chicago. I can't believe we're doing it's, this. It's I can't surreal. believe we're doing this. I'm sorry. Yeah. This is this is unbelievable, Corey, that we're doing this in 2021. Yes. Right and, now. you know, that, this that, is, that he's gone before KB. It's unbelievable. This is part of the reason that, you know, we did the explicit episode when the contract negotiations devolved in this offseason. Um, and you know, so many of us were pretty insistent, you know, just like, just give him whatever the amount of money it takes to keep him here. Because I think of all, of anyone, this is, this is just not a conversation we should be having. Um, I, 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 no. I think 
at the time, and, and I still agree with this, you know, you could make the argument for moving on from pretty much anybody except for Anthony. And to to be here in this moment um, is surreal. And as I believed at the time, it's unacceptable. Um, and, but yeah. again, like gold delve further into that and you know we may be talking about this for a while I don't I'm not sure how much you guys are going to want to hear about the the 2021 Cubs in the coming weeks and months so um we we may end up revisiting this stuff it may take us a few episodes or whatever to really flush all of this stuff out um you know but where I where I I want to start is you know it's 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 difficult we all have favorite players, and I think back to when we talked about John Lester on here, and, and you guys know uh, if you've been listening for a while, and even if you just started with uh, the, our podcast last year, I think you can tell how much I love John Lester. He still, and you know, maybe will be for a long time, is, you know, is my favorite baseball player uh, of all time, and it's 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 one thing to talk about those things like that was just one of those things where like I just gravitate towards pitchers and I like John's attitude things like that um but it's it's weird to be kind of talking about someone else um whose impact and and meaning to the organization is just unlike anyone else and and that's what Rizzo is it's it it's not a question of you know whether he's your your favorite player or or anything like that this guy is the Chicago Cubs. And, you know, he, he, Anthony, more than I think anyone else is, is going to be one of those guys who the way that we look at Fergie Jenkins and Billy Williams and Ron Sano and Ernie Banks, like Anthony is going to be in that group. My level of disappointment is the only way to like sufficiently to express like gratitude. Um, I don't think I'm ever going to be this disappointed uh, seeing a Cubs player dealt. KB, of course, is uh, that one's going to sting tomorrow. Um, but we kind of prepared for this. I didn't prepare for this. I'm sorry. I know you may have prepared for this, Corey, when he declined that option, but or not declined the option, declined the extension. I can't even talk right now. But I never expected a trade to go through. I always, I just anticipated an extension would work out because it seems so obvious. That's the confusing part. It seems so obvious because this team needed uh, a guy like Rizzo's peripherals. I mean, I don't want to get statistical about this. This is this is uh, this is a nightmare. This is true this is truly a nightmare. Uh, when Rizzo was acquired and seeing him in spring training for his first time with the Cubs, like for me that was like, all right, air is changing. We we have a guy who I hoped would be like Derek Lee, and he exceeded that by a, a mile. And we know how much you and I love Derek uh, Derek Lee, Corey. So for him to even do that was monumental. But that was my thought: was Wow, we have a first baseman, a lefty first baseman. We never even had a lefty hitter back then. So to have a lefty slugger to be a first baseman with all of this years ahead of us, like it seemed as if it would never end. But it also seemed like a perfect fit, and it seemed to be a perfect fit up until eight hours ago. So I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't understand the 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 process. I, I guess, and we'll we'll talk about the I guess returns at some point, and the thinking, and the logic, and the rationale behind the trade. 
But man, um, just seeing Rizzo in a Yankee uniform in the picture is unbelievable. It's 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 crazy. And I'm reminded too when we were talking to Brennan Davis last year when COVID hit, he was so kind enough to come on here unprompted. Uh, he just brought up Rizzo. How Rizzo came to instructionals to talk to the guys, to talk to all the new um, drafted guys uh, by by the Cubs, and we we never heard about that in the media. That was never that was never brought up, but that was the significance of Rizzo that permeated not just through the major league clubhouse, but throughout the entire system. And uh, seeing the reaction on social media by fans who are not even Cubs fans, even they're like, what the hell? Like, I have a lot of baseball um, uh, fan friends who may not be the most diehard fans, but are aware of what's going on, and they're, they're shocked, too. This is, this is a shocking type trade. So uh, the, the, where I'm at is I don't even want to say thank you to Rizzo because I don't want it to be over. Like I, 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 I have no choice but in my mind to expect him to be back in free agency, even though I shouldn't rationally think that. But I can't, I can't give like a, a, a baseball eulogy of sorts because I don't think it's I, – I don't, I don't accept that it's over. Corey, that's where I'm at. I don't accept that that he's not going to be back because it doesn't make sense for, for the Cubs to not bring him back. Yeah. My only concern at this point is, does he want to come back? And that's where a lot of my frustration and uh, impulsive anger was derived, was the Cubs pushing away a player like Rizzo. Um, and this, the sadness is that... Uh, and I don't know if that's true or anything, but the, the the sadness is that could be a possibility as well. So I I genuinely have never wanted a player to return more than than Rizzo at 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 this point. And I think I don't know how you're dealing with it or whatever, and you know listeners or whatnot. But uh, I I will be thinking he's coming back, and that's just a psychotic person I am. But I don't see how the Cubs can compete next year. Or even in 2023, without having a staple of a first baseman who doesn't strike out, who has a good plate approach like Rizzo, it doesn't. It just doesn't make sense, man. Yeah, I think we're all sort of going to be thinking the same thing as as we head to the off season, and uh, you know, we'll we'll get to some more of that too. But um, just to uh, you know, highlight some of what Anthony Rizzo did here, uh, in case you guys forgot. Um, he was a three-time All-Star, 2014 through 2016, uh, four-time Gold Glove winner, a Silver Slugger winner. Uh, he was a Platinum Glove winner, a Roberto Clemente Award winner, a Fielding Bible Award winner, and of course, he is uh, forever a World Series champion with the Chicago Cubs in 2016. Um, I, you know, again, like just thinking back... Um, to so many of the various things. I mean, we could spend hours talking about, you know, some of our our favorite moments um, with Anthony. I, I think, you know, from a, a player perspective, you know, we know what he meant. It, it's, it's always incredible to have a player that is uh, such a wonderful community member. You know, the, the amount of money that he's raised through the Anthony Rizzo Family Foundation and the stuff that he does for childhood cancer research is, 
you know, just just such a, a blessing to have somebody in your your organization and to be a fan of a team that has players like that that are, are just such active community members um, and and spending such a significant portion of their time and their money doing good things in in the community. Um, in addition, you know, he was always just someone who was fun to watch, right? And you know, some guys are more understated or more serious about the way that they go about things. And, you know, Rizzo is just one of those guys who's a joy to watch, even when you're just sitting there on TV, because he's always laughing at something. He's always smiling at something. Um, You know, you think of all those times, him and Javi goofing around, you know, when Javi would call him off to catch a pop-up or things like that. Um, Him and Wilson whipping the ball back and forth at each other when they would, you know, come off uh, for an inning, things like that. Um, and, you know, just the amount of like fun stuff that, you know, thinking about him pitching a couple times and how much fun he had with that, how, uh, you know, insistent he was that, uh, he be allowed to do that and get the opportunity to do that. And, you know, of course, just, I mean, there's, there's endless baseball moments. I, I think, um, you know, of course, uh, the World Series uh, sticks out, you know, him getting to third base on the Ben Zobrist hit, um, you know, and, and his reaction, putting his hands on his heads, just, you know, just sort of like going, oh my God, you know, wow. Um, the the series with the Cardinals in 2015 is is sort of one of the ones that, that stands out, the homers he hits in that series, just how that was kind of like the Cubs coming out party, them kind of announcing themselves is like, okay, we're here, we're about to do some damage in this league. And like, this is, you know, really the team that's going to do it. Um, the tarp catches, things like that, you know, I didn't like those, those, those stressed me out. That, that makes sense. That's on brand for you that, 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 that would have stressed you out, but, um, he never got hurt on any of those. So, um, I know, but you know, it's fine. Um, know. you know, and, and I mean, you know, there, again, there, there's so many, so I'll try not to get like too deep in the weeds on this, but you know, there, the, you know, you think back to kind of the moment that everybody sort of, uh, figured that he quote, you know, quote unquote, became the captain, right. When he was going to go over and fight, uh, a role Chapman and the entire Reds dugout and stuff like that. And, um, you know, again, like, I, you know, kind of when I was, was talking about those, those song lyrics, like, you know, all my life, you know, we, we prayed for someone like you and, um, we finally found you, you know, that, that's kind of the thing that I mean, you know, not, not just the Chapman incident in, in particular, but Rizzo was, you know, he didn't come over here expected to be the leader, the de facto captain, and like the voice of the team, the face of the team, that was a role that he grew into, you know, and that he rose to, and it was a challenge that he rose to, and and I think, you know, one of the the strongest things you can say about Anthony Rizzo as as a person and as a baseball player is that he came over here having been traded multiple times, right? And he grinded out some tough years here in Chicago where this team was not playing well, was not winning any games, and, you know, was losing games on purpose, right, to get better draft picks. And, you know, not only did he succeed in his career and develop and adjust as a baseball player and grow into the, you know, all-star and, and as you said, Brendan, one of the, the, the most consistent players 
at that position in baseball over the years. Um, but he he took on the responsibility of being the leader and being the face of one of the hardest things I think we've wit- we've all witnessed in professional sports, which was being that person for the Chicago Cubs as they ended a World Series drought. And I, I don't even know how to properly contextualize that with other things, you know, with, with other sports and, and other players. Um, you know, being being the leader, being the, the captain, being the face of, of any team in any sport is difficult. It comes with pressures in different cities. It's different. And, and all of that stuff is, uh, you know, not necessarily comparing apples to apples. But to be that person in this city uh, at the time that he did it is, you know, just something that, I, I mean, I, I'm not sure how many other athletes can even say they've done well, something it's never gonna happen again. on a similar it's plane. It's, it's, yeah. uh, it's, it is in a, in a, an iconic, uh, role that Anthony Rizzo played, um, in a, a truly, uh, you know, just otherworldly situation. Um, you know, as Pat Hughes said when they won it, you know, the longest drought in the history of American sports. Um, and Anthony Rizzo was that guy. And he was never uh, asked to be that guy. That was never, you know, a role that he, um, you know, had to assume, but he did. And he did it with class. He did it while, you know, taking care of his own business on the field. And as I said, being uh, a, a, a philanthropist off the field in in so many ways um so I, you know again like there's there's so many things that that we could say about him but it's it's honestly like it's it was a lot easier for me to put into words what John Lester meant to this organization and to me than it is for Anthony Rizzo because I don't I don't know if I have the words to do it justice that's that's how significant he was to all of this and to all of us it, it's it's genuinely difficult to articulate it correctly um just how important anthony rizzo was to the chicago cubs and the city of chicago and i don't know if what i've said so far does it justice but i'm i like genuinely i'm, I'm not sure that i really can um because he he was just that special, and it was just that iconic of uh, a run that he went on with this organization. I have a quote to sum it up, and this is what Rizzo said after he learned of being traded. And he said, quote, I told him I'd rather sink with a ship. If it is going to burn down, I want to burn down with it, end quote. That, that's Rizzo. He wanted to stay. He wanted to stay with his yeah. team, who's not performing well. He wanted to stay, Corey, with everything going on. He did not stay. He was traded for, again, two talented prospects, not denying that. Got market value for Anthony Rizzo. But to what degree does someone like an Anthony Rizzo go beyond market value? And to what degree is trading him going to alter his thinking of, wanting to come back uh those are questions those are answers we don't know those are answers that that rizzo himself likely doesn't know how can i right. know right i got a huge problem with that man I'm, I'm sorry i know 
the the reaction on social media was like, well, this is actually a better than expected return, and sure, okay, okay, that's that's fine, but I don't know. I guess if I'm if I'm Rizzo and maybe I have a bigger like fu mentality than than Rizzo might have, but what the hell? Like if this is if you if you talk up character, Corey, and I'm not. I'm not throwing like Jed completely under the bus here. I'm not satisfied. I think the process in some cases has been like very odd. But don't go to the media to me and talk up character building, right? When moves over the years directly conflict with that. And then you value, again, a 50 future value prospect on the 80 scale and a 45 out of 80 future value prospect. Uh, the pitcher they got is more destined to the bullpen by scouts and the young teenager they got is currently uh you know years away who's who is a risk and so you make the trade for those guys and you risk the potential of negotiations for august and september who knows maybe horrier jed went back to his camp and rizzo's insistent on not talking about it even though the cubs are out and that's fine but uh, I don't know. I feel as if you you respect the wishes of a some of someone who wants to stay. That's that that's where I'm at, and I think that has value in negotiating come this winter when you do respect the wishes of someone who's contributed immense value to your organization, not just within the time he's been here, but for decades to come in merchandise and in media and in overall. Uh, fan acquisition during his tenure here. I feel like you owe it to him. And I understand this is a business, but this is also a business that's not short-sighted by just three, four-year competitive windows. It's a business that's elongated well beyond Jed Hoyer's tenure. And that's an oversight by ownership, Corey, to allow this to happen as well. This Again, I I get the fair market value return. I'm not, I'm not arguing that, but I have a concern that with a failing TV deal, uh, with a COVID-induced attendance issue over the past year and a half now, and by trading off guys who are by every definition by every definition the Chicago mm-hmm. Cubs, what are you marketing? Right. I'm being serious here. What the hell no, are you no marketing? Question. And so this is what. And so you opt for. A 50 out of 80 prospect, a 45 out of 80 prospect, you opt for that. You make the decision that that is the best direction for your organization. And there's many ways to look at that. But I will never I will never accept that for as long as I live. I don't. I know this is an impulsive reaction. But this just happened 11 hours, whatever, 10, 10 hours ago. I promise you. I will never accept this trade as long as long as I live. And I can have a rational part of my brain. I can have an emotional part of my brain, whatever. But this is completely unacceptable. And as fans, as you and I, Corey, who talk about this team, you know, for six straight years, twice a week doing this stuff, we don't deserve no. this. You know, uh, new fans that are 12 years old who have Rizzo jerseys. I'm trying to think of, you know, my time as a kid. They, they they don't deserve. You don't even know if they're going to stay with with the team. We this is it's a slap in the face to fans, in my opinion. It's a slap in the face to Rizzo. I think the way they treated him was uh, borderline disrespectful. And I promise you, if I'm Rizzo, I'm thinking like that. And I, ho- I hope I hope Rizzo doesn't have my fu mindset. But uh, I I would not be surprised if he is thinking that. 
Yeah, no, uh, look, we'll, um, you know, we'll probably, we'll see if we can have, uh, there's a lot of great prospect minds and, you know, analysts um, in the Cubs Twitter sphere and stuff like that. We'll, we'll, we'll try to get one of those guys on in the next week or so to kind of break down the moving forward future actual baseball stuff of, of all of this. Um, but I, I think the impulsive and emotional reactions for tonight are uh, totally warranted and, um, you know, fine. There, there will be a time for dissecting this on a more analytical uh, basis. Um, and I don't think that time is right now, especially as we're not even done with the trade deadline. Um, I think, you know, again, it, it goes back to the explicit episode that we did on Anthony in the off season, And, you know, even in the past few weeks, um, you know, I've talked about how I thought KB, you know, was sort of, if you had to extend one of them right now, you know, he, he's just, um, I, I think, the the safer bet to be the best performer of these three guys. Um, but, I you know, I understand if, if Chris is, is looking for some long-term, much more lucrative deal than Anthony would have been considering, I, I get the, the sort of logistical conversation that would need to be had about that. The, the, the issue with this Rizzo situation, um, and again, tying it back to the, the off-season discussions, is that even, even in a budget that the Cubs had this year, which was closer to, I think, 150, right, rather than, you know, kind of the 200-ish area um, that they've operated at for several years when they were more aggressively trying to win, um, it, no deal that Rizzo was going to take was going to prevent you from building a team around it, you know? Like, e- e- the, the deal that he turned down was 570. Even if you bump that to 580, 590, 500, right? That's not hampering your ability to build a roster around him, right? Like, even if you're working with a, a strict budget, the, the deal that Javi might reportedly be looking at and the deal KB might be looking at maybe gets you more in that territory, right? But Rizzo's just wasn't, he just wasn't asking for that much. He was just asking to be respected for, for having played on a team-friendly deal and for having meant so much to the organization outside of just valuing him on a more pure like dollars to wins above replacement type formula, right? And they didn't do that at the time. And I don't even know if the performance of, of Rizzo so far this year, I don't even know if he's going to get that in the offseason. Who knows? We'll, we'll see what happens. But the organization needed to show him more respect in that regard. He, he's not going to command that respect from organizations because he didn't do as much for those organizations. He did nothing for those organizations, right? So why would he expect those other teams to do that? Um, so... That's just kind of the how we got here is really messed up. And to have allowed it to get here with Rizzo of all people is the one that you just can't justify. Even if you were going to use 2022 as a transitional year, something more akin to 2014, right? Before the Cubs, you know, sort of start going for it in 2015 and beyond let Rizzo be the face that that is that is doing that just like he did before and by all accounts every time he's opened his mouth it sounds like he was more than willing to do that and did not really care about whether the team was immediately competing again or anything like that which some guys might you know 
it never seemed like that mattered to Anthony, and certainly hearing from him today, it didn't sound like that mattered. It sounded like what mattered to him was having the Cubs logo on his chest. Um, and I think, I think that, you know, I'm, I'm not, the, the, the nuance here is what the discussions were in terms of the extensions, the possibility of him coming back and, you know, just where this organization is. My guess if I was just guessing, is that, you know, Rizzo said that he, David Ross, Jed Hoyer, had a, you know, an emotional conversation where, you know, you know, Rizzo expressed that he'd rather go down with the ship. Um, and I assume that Jed said, you don't want to talk about this during the season, and we got to try to get something for you. And in doing that, you know, you, I, I would also guess pretty strongly that Jed assured him he was not going to send him to a bad situation, right? And what I mean by that is a team that is in a smaller market that is not really a sure bet to be a playoff team and that it just may have been maybe a more messy situation. Um, Honestly, the first team that comes to mind, not that, you know, they're looking for a first baseman, but it's something like Philly, Right. Like they're not in first place. They wouldn't be a wild card team, I don't believe, right now. They're they're not a guarantee to be in a good spot. Now, the Yankees are sort of in a confusing spot as well in that regard. But it's the New York Yankees. And I think that that's uh, significant being able to play for that organization, especially after they traded for Joey Gallo. Rizzo is at least aware that Jed is sending him to a place that is seriously going for it, that is serious about being a successful organization. He is not sending him to the middle of nowhere to, you know, maybe mess around in a bad situation. And that's that's why Boston made a lot of sense as well. If he was going to trade him somewhere, it was going to be somewhere where they are going to be serious about competing for the next few months and have a serious mindset of trying to win a championship. And Jed is is going to give Anthony that opportunity. If he wanted to stay, that's, you know, if that's what he wanted, that's what he wanted. And he may not appreciate, you know, Jed sending him to a better situation and getting a chance to compete for a championship. But I would imagine that'll change when he's there. Um, you know, the Yankees are a very storied organization, um, you know, for as much as people hate them. Um, but they're a very storied organization, and he should, by all intents and purposes, uh, have an, an, an exciting couple months here, right? Um, playing with Gallo, Judge, Garrett Cole, etc. Um, so I think over time, he'll at least appreciate that. Um, but again, the reality of it is this guy was your franchise. He he was the Chicago Cubs. And he made it clear a number of times that he didn't want to play anywhere else. And he just wanted to play here and be exactly who he's been for the last nine years, the face of the Chicago Cubs. And however you however you got there, however you justify it now, however we try to figure it out from here, right? Ultimately, what should have happened was just that. You should have found a way to extend him. You should have found a way to keep him here. 
and you should have found a way to keep him going forward. And I, I said this in the offseason, and I'll reiterate it now. One, like I just said, his contract would not have prohibited you from doing anything. It just wasn't going to be that type of contract. And two, even though this hasn't been his best year, he's gotten that OPS to closer to 800. It was over 800 at certain points in this red series. I think it might have dipped just below because of his last few at-bats. Might be like 798 right now. Like, he's he's going to be someone who, as I've said many times over the last few weeks, you didn't have to build the team around him. He could have been a complementary player on these teams. And, you know, like Brennan said, hopefully they revisit this in the offseason and that's what happens going forward. Um, but it's not a certainty. That's 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 of the course, problem. Yeah. Right. But you you should have done that. And I know that, you know, in some of these discussions, like a lot of people, you know, I get from Jed's perspective, and we've talked about this over the last several weeks, that perhaps keeping all three of these guys and, you know, sort of continuing down this path with this sort of same group of players was just not the direction that he wanted to go in. You could have still done that and and kept Rizzo, right? Like I said, I, mm-hmm. I, I believe that Bryant is is the, the best player of the three going forward, and I would make my own separate argument for keeping him in a, in a different context. But this this was the one that just it, it couldn't happen like this. and it did. They allowed it to happen. And like you said, Brendan, like, However, we got here. All this other stuff—you've just made a mistake, or many mistakes, if you've allowed it to get to this point. He just should not have ever. And he hasn't yet, but he will soon. Like he just shouldn't have ever put on another uniform. And you've allowed it to happen. And we can go through the the baseball justifications for it. We can talk about the prospects they got back. We can see what they do in the offseason as far as trades and money and things like that. But there, there's just no good argument to me for how you have allowed this to happen. We'll, we'll parse it all out. We'll parse out what happens from here and you know what, what this all means. But you've, you've just made mistakes that you've allowed this to happen. Yeah, that's... That's where I can't shake the thought. It's it's frustration that's kind of manifesting from decisions made in 2019 and 2020 and this, this past offseason, even before spring training. And I'm wondering what, at the end of this free agent period, what Rizzo's contract will look like. Is it going to be $100 million, $110 million? And the Cubs have been rumored to offer Rizzo seventy million. Is that really going to be the case, where he signs for a hundred million, or is it more so going to end up like a ninety million, an eighty-five million, whatever, whatever it ends up being? And if that's the case, that th- this is quite the risk of trying to save what will end up being maybe at most forty-ish million. And I get that's a lot of money, but. I gotta say it is as it's a t- it's it's disgusting to even do, but uh, you know if we're talking about Rizzo and a hundred million, a hundred and ten million, and just like six years ago you went out and gave Jason Hayward a hundred and eighty four million. First off, like f you uh, that we're having this discussion, and uh, it's crazy that we're even thinking about this right 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 now. Um, I, I I don't I don't know Corey. I'm I'm shocked. I'm trying to look 
at this 2022 perspective and 2023 perspective, and I can't see them competing without filling his role somehow. I don't see who else would fill that role. I, I mean, the market's barren. You have Freddie Freeman in free agency, and that's it. Are the Cubs going to sign Freddie Freeman? Like, he's probably going to make uh, Brendan, I mean, not million to, dollars. Not to be a dick here, but I would assume that the Braves are going to take care of their longtime uh, face <laughs> of their franchise and eventually lock yeah. him up. So here's, here's the thing. It's like, all right, then who else? Who are you, who are you going to lock up? Uh, are we re, are we rebuilding? Because uh, your you know Jed just came out in front of a podium and said this is not a rebuild by any definition. Okay, well if it's not, who the hell's going to play first base, Corey? I don't, I don't know. It's you. Here's what I've learned throughout. Here's <laughs> me. No, uh, I'm a shortstop. You know that. Here's what I've learned throughout this process. Uh, front offices have insane work ethics. These executives are nuts. And I, you got to respect the grind that they go through. At the same time, they are, they are extremely fallible. Uh, Theo made some crucial, crucial mistakes over the last four to five years. Jed's decisions will be judged in the future, but just going through the process, you can see them turning into dramatically bad mistakes. I don't know... For as long as I live, I can put any trust in a front office. Uh, this is not an obvious decision. I don't want this to be treated as such. I don't think it's obvious that the Cubs made a great deal by getting back an, uh, a teenager and a 24-year-old high A-ball prospect. I don't think that's a great deal. And the, the, again, the market value may say so, but uh, I'm never going to believe it at the end of the day. And I feel I feel like sadness for Anthony at, at this point if... If you generalize just being an employee, you know, wherever you guys work, uh, you know, imagine that you get you get paid well, but imagine that you put in all this time and effort and that you're leading a group that's accomplishing tasks that no one before your time accomplished. And at the end of it, you get shipped off right. and express desire. After stuff. being, Even, you know, presumably lowballed in a contract yeah. extension. Yeah, and so you you express desire. I want to stay with my current. I want to stay with my current coworkers. I want to stay, and I want to work things out, even if it's not good. I want to work it out. I want to be part of the solution because I already showed you that I was part of the solution a decade ago. I want to right. stay. I don't want to be traded for a twenty four year old and eighteen year old. And your boss said no, I'm not going to do it. So if that's me, goodbye forever. I'm never coming back. I love the fans. I love the. I love my coworkers. I love everything about this organization. But I don't love you, the executive. I don't love you, right. the management, and you don't deserve well, me. You know, this is this is where it so, sort of gets complicated for me. I mean, I don't want to presume to know what Anthony's thinking, but um, I, you know, I, I Jed wants to forge his own legacy, right? I mean, that much is clear. But it, it's a weird spot because of all the people who, um, you know, I think has Rizzo's best interests involved and. Um, you know, just a connection to Rizzo. It's Jed Hoyer. Uh, the dude has been involved in Rizzo's entire career. I mean, he's been involved in trades for Rizzo three times. Um, and so part of me in the back of my head is like, there's just, there must be some sort of good relationship there because Jed has tied literally his entire career in multiple organizations to this man. And 
Rizzo ends up in this situation, becoming the person he is and, and the legacy that he's built, not just because of Jed, but partially because of Jed on multiple occasions. And so it's, it's uh, at the same time, I, I, I totally see that. Brendan, that if he wanted to stay and this was not what he wanted, of course he's going to be like, okay, well, screw this. But I, there, there's just part of me that I would really need to know what he and Jed discussed and how the these conversations have all oh, played yeah. out. Because I mean, for, and I need to, I need to know there, that too, there are just right? rarely such connections between front office executives and players that that go over multiple organizations and you know at this point decades like but what do you so Corey what do you what do you what answer are you looking for though I know it's a variety of different explanations but ultimately what would you want to learn from that type of conversation I, I would that like there's to a, learn there's a, there's a it, good it, faith I, scenario so that he's coming back I would I would like to know what they when Rizzo says that he wants to say and he wants to go down with the ship what Jed articulates to him about the organization's plans and and why they were going to say no to that and and what that conversation would be and how, again you know kind of how I just said how it related to like you know the the thought of sending him to a good situation so that he's not just rotting away on this team for the next 2 months you know cuz that that that's also something where not that Jed knows what you know is better for Rizzo, but th- there's also part of me that's like, dude, no, no you don't want to do that. You know what I mean? This isn't going to be great, and you deserve to be playing high-caliber baseball. You deserve to be on Fox in October with Joe Buck calling your name because you're playing for a pennant and you're playing in the World Series. And Who is Jed to say what he wants? If, 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 I, if again, I, I agree to... with you, but I, I just think, I guess, I, again, like what I'm saying is, is Jed is just so tied to him. It's, it's, it's hard for me to uh, wrap my head around Jed, I guess, like callously just being like, nah, screw you, dude. Like you're out of here. We need these prospects, right? There, there's some middle ground to all of this that I, I just wish we were privy to, to maybe. I, I think, I think Jed would express that he has an obligation to his team to make the best decisions. And because Tony does not want to talk about yeah. an extension this year, he has no choice but to make a decision that's in the best interest for right. the team. I think that's where it comes down to. And so that's where, that's again, Corey, this is this is the crux of the issue for me. It's that Jed is doing this, right? Uh, but who is to say that is the right, right way to go about this? And also, too, we have to remember that... Let's say Rizzo stays and, you know, of course the team goes goes bad, but you offer him by default a qualifying offer and you're going to get back a, a draft pick that's relatively high as compensation. So the thinking for me is you trade Rizzo, but you trade time that you could potentially negotiate. You also trade having your own data on Rizzo to see if these back issues are problematic mm-hmm. and you trade a draft pick that in years past could be giving you a top 10 organizational draft pick. So what in actuality did you significantly get that offsets the risk of losing Rizzo? 
And I don't think it's there. And that's beyond just the emotional and the business side of having Rizzo stay that I think is also contributing to sustainable competitiveness for five, 10 plus years. So I altogether, I think it's inexcusable. Uh, but to the point of like the conversation, I think everyone wants to know, is there some type of conversation about him coming right. back? Right. How, how can you have realistic conversations about that? Of course, emotions are high, right? It's like in the moment, Rizzo wants to stay. It's, oh, of course, yeah, I really want to come back in December and January and I'll be open to it. But you don't know how people sure. change, man. This is six months. Well, this is so six months. The, uh, another point that I was going to raise is just that, you know, this 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 is a moment that, and, and we saw some of this today as well, Um a reminder that, you know, and look, like I've already been screaming about some of this stuff, so I, you can't misconstrue this, but please don't misconstrue this as uh, a defense of this or, you know, some of the decisions that the Cubs have made. Um, but they're like, when when you said, you know, that would, because they did this, would Rizzo be like, screw you? It kind of reminds me of some of the stuff with like Chris Bryant and how often people were like, is he mad at the organization because of the service time stuff? And he's repeatedly told uh, the media and, you know, like Evan Altman has always reported um, for Cubs Insider, like that's just not the case. He understands it's a business, stuff like that. What I'm getting at is like, there are, I'm not even sure if there are any organizations that always take care of their players, right? And that doesn't mean that Rizzo might not feel, you know, badly about the Cubs because this is the organization that did it, right? But he's already been traded by two other organizations. Even in the past few years, like I said, today, the Nationals just traded Trey Turner, you know? The Nationals a couple years ago let Bryce Harper walk to a division rival, the Boston Red Sox, who are in first place now after a, a brief retool, whatever you want to call it, traded Mookie Betts, you know? So my my point with that is is never but to— Those are— The, the, the those bill are, of goods that we yeah. were sold on the Cubs was that they were going to build a structure that was not going to be doing stuff like this, right? Can I interject there, though, Corey? Th- those guys are $300-plus million players. Uh, again, yes. It, it's it's not apples to apples. I, I I do totally get that. But but I'm just saying that most organizations have a history of not doing what we're hoping the Cubs were doing. That That's all I'm trying to say. That I, I guess I just try to remind people sometimes that, like, if they're—if— if, if they're looking for a team, in Chris Bryant's case, if he's looking for a team that doesn't manipulate service time, let me know when you find them, right? If you're looking for a team that always spends money, you you can go to the Dodgers, right? Or the Yankees, I guess. And even they went under the luxury tax a couple years ago. Again, the bill of goods that we were sold from the Ricketts family was that this type of stuff wasn't going to happen again, that we were not going to rebuild or retool, whatever the F they want to call whatever this this is, that we weren't going to do this again. So I'm not saying this is a defense of them. They sold us that the Cubs were going to be different. They were going to be run differently for the fans, for the product on the field, and that the first rebuild was to prevent this stuff from happening again. So please don't take what I'm saying 
as a defense of of this or them or anything because it's not right. I, there's plenty of podcasts on on our channel that you can hear me go into more detail on that. I'm just saying that the Cubs are not alone in doing this stuff, and it becomes tricky if you're trying to find situations where that's not the case. And it, it may be the case that Rizzo, this has soured him on, on this particular organization, and he'll just look elsewhere. But wherever elsewhere is has done this to somebody else, is all I'm trying to say. So No, I'm not saying he's looking for loyalty from a different organization. I'm saying he's just curious about going Yeah, absolutely. Else and, and, you know, the, the, the issue factor. is that... Um, New York is a tough place to play. I, I worked for the Yankees for uh, over a year. It's a very tough fan base when things aren't going well. It's it's one of the harshest environments you can play in. But it's also the New York Yankees, right? And Rizzo's going to get a taste of that. And he's going to get a taste, if they make the playoffs, of what it's like to play ba- playoff baseball on one of the biggest stages yeah. in the world. And that two of his two of his biggest mentors, uh, Soriano, came from New York, and uh, Starlin right. Castro is a good friend of, of Rizzo. I'm sure they have plenty of advice, and many of it might be good. Right. So it's it's definitely a risk that he just didn't like the way that this played out, and now you you know again he played for San Diego, but that you know he wasn't Anthony Rizzo at the time, right? Um, so, you know, th- this is definitely a risk. I, I'm, I'm not meaning to deny that. I guess I'm just saying without knowing exactly how these conversations played out and what they may have talked about, uh, for the future, it's, it's hard for me to be, um, 100% positive that like this is a bridge burned and, you know, there, there's no chance that he comes back because of how this is all played out. Um, but it's certainly possible, you know, and you read some of the quotes, uh, from him today and, you know, they have a bit of finality to them. And I, I expect that they would, because you don't know how things are going to pan out. And, um, you know, you want to say goodbye. If this is goodbye, you don't, you know, you don't know if you're going to get that chance again. Um, but we're, you know, going to have to, we're going to have to see how this all plays out. I, I think on that note would want to read, um, a quote from Rizzo today when he was speaking, you know, briefly with the media. So Rizzo actually stayed after the game with his family. It looked like his parents were there. His wife was there, uh, Emily, and uh, Kevin, of course, was there. I, I have so frequently asked for more Kevin content, but not this way, Brendan. I didn't want it like this. <laughs> um, but he no he did. was walking around Wrigley Field, just sort of taking things in, um, you know, posing for some pictures and stuff like that. Um but I think he summed it up nicely, and I'll I'll tell you guys straight straightforward. I have not watched the Cubs tribute video to him. Uh, I genuinely don't have the heart for it, and I don't do it. Stop. I have not watched the videos of him speaking to the media. There are a couple videos. Um, oh, I thought. Yeah, I bad. I can't do it. Um, I'm not ready for that. I don't know when I'll be ready for that. But I did read this quote, and I I think um, if this is it and we don't see him in a Cubs uniform again, I I think this is a good way to sum it up, um, you know, especially from his perspective. And he said, quote, that's what matters most, just leaving this place better than when I found it. I think I can say that mission is accomplished. And it is. You know, like I said, he, he, 
ended up in in such an iconic position um, and one that I don't even know if he ever envisioned when he he first got here um, that it would exactly play out like that. But um, he was able to accomplish something that so many players have come to Chicago and tried to do. And he ended up being the person that so many athletes, I, I mean, you don't necessarily always have these quotes and stuff like that, but but you know, you know, we certainly know that guys like Ron Sano and Ernie Banks and Ryan Sandberg wanted to be this guy. And Derek Lee and Sammy Sosa and Aramis Ramirez, like they all wanted to be this guy, Mark Grace, etc. They all wanted to be the guy that was the face of the team when the Cubs finally won the World Series. And that honor forever, for the rest of our lives, it's only going to be one person, and that's Anthony yeah. Vincent Rizzo. I mean, yeah, you, you, you said it best, Corey. I, I'm not going to accept this. I did watch the videos. I, uh, I don't recommend you watch the videos, to be honest with you. Uh, we're going to have to do this again tomorrow. That's the worst part about this. I just pray that we have discussions in a podcast. I, I pray that we have an emergency podcast sometime this winter uh, talking about how he's back for good, right? That's... Yeah, and I hope that that... Mentally, that's all yeah, I can I, do. I just hope that that reunion doesn't go as poorly as the Arietta one. Uh, why? Why? Why did you say that, of course? <laughs> um, I'm trying to lighten the, the mood, Brendan. Come on. I, there's no... There's no... There's. It's completely dark. I'm aware of that, Brian. Brendan. Thank there's you. There's no light switches at yes, this point. It's over. I'm aware. Um, yeah, folks. I mean, I... By the time... You know, we're going to publish this now. It's getting closer to midnight in Chicago. Um, it's very possible that if you're listening to this on Friday morning, something else has already happened and you're in a bad mood all over again. I, as we said, kind of at the beginning of this week and this whole time, you got to kind of prepare yourself for this stuff. Um, there, there's going to be more coming. Um, I would pretty much guarantee that Craig Kimbrell goes, um, they would be criminal if he didn't at this point. Um, and I would assume KB goes. So, prepare yourself. If you're listening to this and it has already happened, well, there you go, right? Um, again, we'll we'll break more of this stuff down when it's all over. Uh, the trade deadline, it's it's just hard to get into the, the specifics of these deals. Um, and I think adding on what we think, I, just for reference, I think that the Cubs did well on both the trades for Chafin and Tapera. But getting further into that on an episode when Anthony Rizzo has been traded just doesn't feel right to me. Uh, so whether it's just the two of us or we get you know someone who's more uh, adept at, at digging into the minor league system, um, we will cover that in depth. We'll give you more of a read on that. Um, but this one just you know this had to be about Tony. There was there was no other way uh to do that so you know again we'll we'll continue to have thoughts on this uh, they're going to evolve we'll see what happens as things go forward and you know we haven't heard from jed yet and you know so we don't have a way to kind of like put all of this in context and even uh have real thoughts to 
put this up against and see what we think about them, see what we think about the whole strategy and, and the whole vision and, and whatever. Um, and, and part of that might not come until we figure out if they're spending money in the offseason or not. So it's a, it's a confusing spot, but um, yeah, like I said, we'll... We'll get through this together. We're we're literally getting through it together. Uh, we're doing the best we can. I mean, um, a live reaction to this. This is just disgusting. Get to do it again tomorrow, Corey. Yeah. Get ready. Um, this was a rough day. This was uh, this was probably one of the worst days I can remember being a Cubs fan. You know, and that includes days where they actually played games that had a lot of significance that didn't go well and stuff like that. This one. Um, this one hurt. This one really hurt. Um, but uh, it is what it is. This is out of uh, Brendan and I's control. It's out of y'all's control. And, you know, this is just sort of life as a, a professional sports fan. So um, whatever emotion you felt today, uh, you know, you're you're totally entitled to it. However you're feeling as a fan today, tomorrow, you're totally entitled to it. Um, and I, I wouldn't lament... Um, really any range of emotion, whether you don't feel anything or you feel, um, you know, extremely angry, you know, burning something down, uh, that type of anger or sadness, whatever, let it out. Um, do you be you? And, uh, I think that that's, uh, you know, pretty much, uh, all that we have for you. Um, I'll, I'll end, I'll end by saying this, um, you know, again, it's, it's been, one of the best periods of my life, uh, being able to go to so many of these games and be able to watch this era of Cubs baseball. Um, and so many times, you know, sitting at Wrigley Field, um, hearing intoxicated Anthony Rizzo's walk-up song, um, the, the crowd, you know, clapping along with it, letting out the woo when it gets to that point in the drop. Um, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, as the years goes on, you don't necessarily, um, you don't necessarily realize how, how special those, those little things are and how memorable those things are. Um, but sitting at the game on Wednesday night, which, you know, was obviously the last time we saw Rizzo, um, you know, it sort of washes over you. It, it, it really kind of washed over me watching him come up for that last at bat. You know, I think it was a fielder's choice. Um, so it wasn't exactly exciting. But, you know, you just sort of sit back and think how many times you've watched him come to the plate, how many times you've heard the PA announcer, um, you know, say number 44, Anthony Rizzo, and uh, just how special it was. Um, So, you know, I think his contributions to this organization, to this city, kind of goes without saying, and I think you guys all know it. Um, But just to to close... um, it's it's been an absolute pleasure to have Anthony Rizzo as a Chicago Cub. Um, I'll forever be grateful for what he's meant to this organization, um, and I I will never forget uh, the time that we had with Anthony Rizzo as our first baseman, as a Chicago Cub, and as our captain. Um, and you know, kind of kind of like I did. Uh, with John. I, I don't want the last words to be go Cubs. Uh, so I'll say that now as always go Cubs, even though it feels, you know, uh, whatever saying that today. Um, but thank you guys for listening to the Cubs related podcast for supporting us. We'll unfortunately talk to you again 
at some point on Friday, um, and uh, then I guess again this weekend on Sunday or whatever. I don't know if <laughs> any a, of you what a nightmare this even, is. Absolute nightmare. Yeah, I don't know if any of you guys even care anymore. Um, but uh, for this episode, I I would like to end by just saying thank you and I love you, Anthony Rizzo. <laughs> <laughs>